Welcome to Faith and Farmers, the Lakeshore Community Podcast, where we will learn the history of this beautiful area and hear the stories from the people who live here, love here, and serve here. I'm your host and friend, Seth Mulder. Let's go to work. All right, so I've been hearing something about some story about when you were speaking just before you were leaving on your mission. Right. Like some funny story. Tell, tell me about that. What, yeah. what, was, what was going on? <laughs> so give me my farewell talk. Um, you know, I was preparing it throughout the week, and you know, I thought I had this great talk that I was going to you know, wild the, or amaze the crowd, I guess, <laughs> so to say. Um, but I don't print it off until Sunday morning, and as I'm getting ready, you know, I print off my talk, I grab it from the printer, and I go immediately to church. You know, I sit down, and I'm, like, getting excited and nervous at the same time, giving my farewell talk. Um, and I get up there, and I, I start reading my talk, and, um, you know, the first page is looking great. And I get to the second page, and it just doesn't add up. Um, you know, it doesn't quite line up the way it's supposed to. And I start reading it, and I'm like, something's missing. I'm missing, like, part of my talk today. You know delete it or something or like what happened and so I'm like reading it and I'm just like no there's just no way and I like flip down to the next page and it's even worse and it's like even farther away from what I was going for and I was just like what is going on and I realized that I only had the first third and fifth page of my talk and that the other pages didn't print <laughs> and so I'm sitting there with only half of my talk and I'm just completely shocked and I'm completely nervous as heck so embarrassed so you're sitting on the stand I'm, right now kind yeah, of reviewing it right you're not up to talk but you know that you got a problem because yeah. you got page one three <laughs> yep. and five yeah it's and, the jigsaw puzzle yeah it is it really is and so I'm just nervous as heck and I'm just like I forgot half of my talk and so it was just super embarrassing trying to like fill in a couple pieces that I missed but I just you know couldn't even get close to what I had written down and and I was just so nervous that I couldn't even think. And so I ended my talk with probably even less than half of what I really had because I couldn't just read, you know, this half that didn't make sense if I didn't have this other half to it. Yeah. So, you know, it definitely was <laughs> a funny story to tell for sure. And it was definitely experience I won't forget um, and just definitely made me nervous. And, you know, I realized when I got home, I looked at my computer, you know, what I had printed off, and it had asked me, do you want to print front and back? And so it only printed the odd numbers, thinking that I wanted me to print front and back. And I didn't see that. I didn't click it. And so I'd just print off half of my talk. <laughs> so definitely a good story, you know, to, to tell my kids, I guess. And um, just a good laugh. It was really funny. Count your pages before you walk yep. out the house. <laughs> That's the thing. Prepare beforehand and, you know, don't rush anything. <laughs> I just get you to, you sit there, you're thinking everything's going to go great. Uh -huh. And you look and say, there's just something not quite yep. right. <laughs> exactly. You That's start exactly sweating. Yep. You're thinking, I hope whoever's talking before me takes a really long time because yep, exactly. I'm in trouble. Yep. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Count your pages. Count your pages. Don't procrastinate. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <clears throat> okay, so you talk about seven months. Wow, what? Seven months waiting for your mission call. Yeah. You gotta be going crazy. I was, <laughs> big time. Your call comes. Let's go to that point. That was a day that 
for a moment, I didn't think it was going to come. But when it came, it made it so much more sweet. Um, and then being able to open it with some of those friends we made the pact with and some of my family and just and some of the ward even um, all came to, to watch me open this call, um, a day that I had long waited for and a day that meant the world to me. And being able to open that and then just knowing that I'm going to be serving the Lord for two years, it is undescribable really. <clears throat> Um, and just something that was meant for me. Um, it just felt right. Even as soon as I you know, opened my call and I read Argentina Mendoza, I was like, that's the place I need to be. Um, and it was amazing. It was just an experience that there are no words for. So you got called. How, how long from the time you got your call then till you were able to leave? was... About two and a half months. Okay. MTC experience, what was that like? Um, some of the, the greatest weeks of my life. It was amazing to be with so many other people that were doing the same thing as I was doing. And just the spirit was so strong everywhere you walked. You know, you walked by another missionary, you could just feel their spirit and you could see their light and you could just see us change. You could see the, the older missionaries that had been there for a couple weeks and then you know, us coming in brand new, you could see the difference in just a couple weeks and just how much brighter and happier they seemed. And so just being there just gave you the, the greatest joy that you can have. And you get to Argentina. Mm -hmm. What's that like? What's your first week like in Argentina? Uh, probably the hardest week on my mission. <laughs> <laughs> I had a native companion that only spoke Spanish. Um, I get to an area that was about eight hours away from the nearest companionship, um, just out in the middle of nowhere. And I'm the only person that speaks English from anywhere from 10 hours to the nearest English companionship or whatever. Um, so being there, it, it just felt like I was alone. Um, no one to talk to because as much as the MCC teaches you, they can't teach you everything in Spanish. They can teach you your testimony and just a couple words, but they can't teach you everything. And so it was hard to talk to people. It felt like you were just alone. But the best thing apart, the best thing about it was, was you weren't alone. Jesus Christ and God were always with you once, every step of the way. And they were someone you could always turn to and talk to, even if you didn't understand your companion or understand the people you were teaching. You could understand, you know, God, and you could talk to him and just let it all out, and he could help you through it. I did you study Spanish before your mission? I studied a year in school, but I didn't learn anything, <laughs> as most people do. <laughs> do, you think, do, you, do you feel like, you, I mean, you studied Spanish. Did that help when you got to the missionary training center? Obviously, they move really fast there. I mean, I, I took several years of Japanese, and I literally covered that in my first three days. Yeah, that's exactly how it was in the MTC. I took Spanish my sophomore year, so it was, I had my junior and senior year, and so I had basically forgotten everything I had learned my sophomore year of Spanish. And so then when we got to the MTC, there was a few things that the MTC, like as soon as I got there, uh, jogged my memory of a few things, but really the first day I learned more 
that first day than I did the entire year of taking Spanish in yeah. high school. And I, I think God was definitely there to multiply my efforts and um, really just help it stick and help me understand it. It's called the gift of tongues, yeah, right? for sure. Absolutely. Um, anybody on your mission that you, uh, any experiences or people that you got really close to? Um, so many people. One person I absolutely loved was my mission president in Michigan. Um, he was just the greatest person you would ever meet. The most Christ-like and selfless person there is. Um, always, always there for you. Always loved you. Always felt like you were, always made you feel like you were the greatest. Um, and that you had so much potential and that you were loved no matter what. No matter what you were facing, he was there to love you and to support you and strengthen you. Um, and super knowledgeable um, with scriptures and just with life. He could give you the greatest advice there is. And so being with him for two years, or I guess 18 months, I was in Michigan for about 18 months. So being with him for 18 months uh, were some of the greatest times of my life. And someone who I now look forward to and someone who I want to become. Um, and then just people on the mission, you meet someone every single day that you know you were meant to meet and someone who was there to, um, someone, I guess, someone you meet that you needed to meet. Um, if it was for you or if it was for them. God always had a plan and he would always guide you to the people that needed you um, or if you needed them. And so I met some of the greatest people. Uh, one person I met, an experience I had when I was in Midland um, was uh, this guy named Don. We were at a car wash and we were just vacuuming our car, getting it all ready for zone conference the next day. And this guy kind of like, pulls up next to us, kind of looks at us funny, but that's most people because we're all dressed up in a white shirt and tie and on a week weekday, and so that's definitely um, not normal for most people. So he kind of looked at us funny, um, but we just kind of continued vacuum, vacuuming our cars, and then he comes up to me, um, and he just asks, you know, who we were. I told him, you know, we were missionaries from the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, um, and then he told me his story about him first meeting missionaries 20 years earlier. Um, <clears throat> he was driving and his car stalled in the middle of a light and these two missionaries um, were walking down the side of the road, saw him and they ran and pushed his car out of the way and um, just got him the help that he needed. Um, and he said that he would never, he never forgot that moment. You know, 20 years had passed and he had still remembered these two missionaries who had helped him push his car out of the street. Just a small act of service had changed this man's life. Um, and so, you know, he wanted to kind of give back and uh, he gave me $200, which I was like, there's no way I can take this. <laughs> there's absolutely no way I can take this. Um, but he wouldn't take it back. And so we ended up taking that $200 from the mission president, you know, asking him what we should do with the, this $200. And, we decided to take the entire zone out for tacos on zone conference. So we all got tacos. So it was, it was a good day. 
Thanks to those two missionaries. Yeah, thanks to Where you are, where yeah, you are, exactly. elders, right? Exactly. Or sisters. Yeah, they were elders, yeah. Okay. Thanks to these two elders, 20 years ago, um, this man had his whole life changed, um, was able to kind of give back just a small act of service. And so that really strengthened my testimony um, about the power of prayer and about the power of just a small act of service. You never know the impact that you have on someone's life just for you know opening, even opening a door for someone or just saying hi, um, hello. You never know the impact it could have on that person. If they were having a rough day and they needed to, to have that extra friend, you know, just tell them that they love them and that they're there for them. It, it really can change someone's life. And that's the, the whole experience of a mission. You get to change someone's life every single day, whether you know it or not. And I think that's the, the, just the greatest part about it, is you're always in the service of your fellow beings. You're always in the service of God. And you're always just changing lives. Wow. That's good. <laughs> that's really good. So I want to talk about the four areas that, uh, that the youth focus on right now, right? Uh, physical, preparing themselves, right? Mm -hmm. Physically socially, spiritually, and intellectually, and compare that to your service and your ministry in the mission field. But before I do that, we actually go, we, we, you, you, you know, I just remembered, we got to talk about Michigan. Hold on. Everybody's thinking, wait a second. You served in, you were called Argentina. Right. <laughs> and you were there for how many months? I was, so in Argentina, I was just there for about two months. Okay. Is all. So I was in Mexico for six weeks and then Argentina for a couple months. And then obviously we know that COVID-19 hit um, and kind of changed the way we did things and just kind of changed the world. And so um, that was a crazy time when COVID-19 hit. You know, this virus had hit Argentina and I had not known about it the day earlier. So it was very sudden. Um, we didn't know what was going on. We didn't know what was going to happen. Um, but God definitely was prepared for this. He knew it was going to happen. Um, and we had received an email um, that day that COVID-19 kind of started getting big, saying that we needed to go to the store and buy a list of groceries, um, you know, kind of a food storage that we needed because we didn't know if the country was going to go into lockdown. So we would go to the store and we'd get like four shopping carts full of food. Uh, they give us a little extra money to, to pay for everything. And then we get home, and the next day, the entire country is shut down. Stores are closed, streets are empty. And so it was such a, a, a miracle and a, a blessing to see God provided a way for us. And he had it all planned out that we were able to buy this food and be able to you know, be in an apartment safe with enough food and enough water to last us you know, months. And so it was definitely um, an amazing experience to see the work of, of God and the hand that he has uh, played in this world. And as things continue to get worse, we receive another phone call from our mission president saying that we're going to get sent home um, to our original countries, you know, wherever we're from, and we're going to get reassigned to a stateside mission. And so, you know, hearing that phone call, my immediate thought was devastation. And, you know, this is where I'm meant to be. Why is it getting taken away from me? Something I had waited seven months for 
is now just getting taken away from me again. And so I was super devastated, super sad, um, and just not really knowing what was going to happen or what was going to happen for me. Um, but God definitely gave me that hope that I needed to continue forward. And um, I made the decision in Argentina that no matter what would happen, that I'd still serve a mission, that I would go back out. I think that really helped me coming back home and, you know, waiting for that reassignment, knowing that I was going to go back out. It made that decision that much easier when I got home. You know, I get home with my family. I'm like, oh, you know, I could just stay with my family. I tried to serve a mission. It didn't work out. I could just go on with my life now. But making that decision in Argentina really helped me make that decision, you know, here. Being, okay, yeah, I want to go back out. I want to serve the Lord. I want to serve these amazing people that I'm meeting. And so I get reassigned to Michigan. Um, I leave just about two months after getting home from Argentina and go to Michigan and have the greatest rest of my mission there. Um, it was truly the place for me. You know, Argentina was meant for me, but so was Michigan. And the people that I met there were people that I needed to meet. That's great. That's beautiful. Okay, now to physical, social, spiritual, intellectual. <laughs> As you, if you're going to talk to youth who are thinking about serving mm -hmm. a mission, or they've made a decision like you did, right? and you wanted to help prepare them, first of all, what's the one thing, are there one or two things that you would tell them, do this? And then I want to jump into these four areas, but... I think, I mean, the, the first couple of things are just like the primary answers, honestly, just reading your scriptures, going to church. I think the most important one out of both of those is praying. You know, we have to communicate to God and we have to be able to open up to him and, um, you know, ask those questions that maybe we are afraid to ask or um, afraid to receive an answer for. But we got to be able to be open and be humble enough to receive that answer and whatever that answer may be to go and do it. Um, prayer definitely changed my life on and off the mission. It is something that you just can't live without. We truly really need to be communicating with God every single day. And so I would definitely encourage anyone planning on going on a mission or even not planning on going on a mission to be praying every single day, morning and night, um, to be reading those scriptures Really just building a relationship with God and Jesus Christ. Um, a relationship that's going to last forever. Because it should. Because we need Jesus Christ. We need Him every single day. And no matter how much we learn, our need for Jesus Christ stays the same. We're always going to need Him. The same today, tomorrow, and forever. No matter if we're a millionaire, you know, or the knowledge that we obtain, we're still going to need Jesus Christ. So there's our spiritual, physical. What? Any any advice or counsel for those wanting to serve a mission, or or is it just growing up, right? A anything that that you'd say this is how you physically prepare for a mission because it's different. Yeah, it is. Um, I would say just going to bed on time and waking up early because. That's all you're going to be doing for the next 18 <laughs> months or two years is you're going to be going to bed early and you're going to be waking up early. Um, and so really just getting your, your body 
acquainted to that. Um, and as well, just keeping your mind clean, your your body healthy, you know, working out, um, eating healthy, and just preparing yourself mentally and physically because they go hand in hand. Um, if your physical health is good, your mental health is going to be good. Did you always go to bed early and wake up early? No, definitely not. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I may be a hypocrite for saying that because I definitely stayed up late hanging out with friends, playing sports, and definitely waking up. Actually, I would wake up early no matter what because I had chores to do and I'd be wanting to play sports in the morning and I had morning practice. so You were used to that. Yeah, part. I was going to bed late and waking up early, which wasn't probably the best for my sleep schedule and everything. But yeah. I remember being really worried going on you know, preparing to serve a mission because I knew you had to get up 6.30 and 6.30 for me was early. (laughs) I wasn't accustomed to it. It was, was, I was really, really worried. Somehow it worked out and I got up. I I didn't have problems, but, um, socially, right. Tell us about that aspect of being, you know, on, on your mission. Mm. What, 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 what would you do differently? Or, Or maybe you didn't need to do anything differently, but maybe I'm going on a mission. What would you recommend that I do so I can just be prepared socially. Um, I think just getting out of your comfort zone as soon as possible because on the mission, you're not ever in your comfort zone. You're out of your comfort zone every single day. Um, and it's awkward talking to people. It's awkward, you know, going up to a random door that you've never seen in your life, knocking on the door and, you know, telling them, hey, this is what we have and it's going to change your life. Um, and so really just getting out of your comfort zone um, as soon as possible, um, being able to adapt to being out of your comfort zone and just being able to talk with people. I think that's something I wish I would have done more is just talking to everyone I met um, before and after the mission. <clears throat> um, even in your ward, you know, if you don't know everyone, then get to know everyone because you should be, be able to know everyone, know their faces, know their names and because um, that's what you're going to be on the going to be doing on the mission is you're going to get to know everyone. <laughs> All right, next time here's the deal: you and me, Brady. You're listening to learn somebody that you don't know yeah. at, at church. Get the deal. Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm texting you on it. Sunday. Let's do it. This is packed right here. Yeah, I know how you work. Pack, yep. right, we're going to go three for three. <laughs> I used to do that. I used to go to church and say, "Okay, I need to learn one person's name. If yeah. you just do one person's name every week, change your life." Well. I'm doing it. We're in. Okay, if you're listening, you're in too. <laughs> yeah. Everybody text Trey. <laughs> Here's my number. <laughs> At present, he is single, and we're going to give out his number. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, oh. oh, lastly, intellectual. Preparing intellectually for your mission. Mm-hmm. Um, I think going to mission prep really definitely helped intellectually. Um, and it was just a really good time. It, it truly was. We felt the spirit so strong every Sunday morning. I mean, mission prep for us was Sunday morning. It could be different where you are. But going to mission prep definitely helped me prepare for my mission and helped me prepare for life. Uh, mission prep was early in the morning, so you already got that taken care of. You're already waking up early for it. <clears throat> and then you're just going and you're feeling the spirit. Um, and that truly just just helps you out. Um, Filling the Spirit changes your life. And that's what you're going to be doing on your mission. You're going to be filling the Spirit and you're going to help other people realize and feel that same Spirit. 
And so going to mission prep, learning, you know, the stuff that you need to learn, um, getting yourself aware of the scriptures and knowing the scriptures and building that relationship with God and, with, you know, with all these amazing men in the scriptures, the prophets and apostles that have such great testimonies and experiences we can learn from. And so just doing those small things to, to help will make a huge difference. Awesome. That's great. I know I have two two teenagers that go to mission prep just about every single week, and it's I think I seriously think it's one of their highlights of the week. Even yeah. though, you know, I'm getting up early on Sunday mornings. On the Sunday mornings, I don't have that. I want to sleep in, yeah. you know? <laughs> but I can't not do it because they want to be there. They're getting fed. Yeah, right? fed spiritually, and most of the time they bring something in for you. So that's right. Breakfast on Sunday morning. Yeah, except What's for fast than Sunday. That? We have noticed that I don't know if as many people attend when it's fast Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> uh, uh, well, uh, so we talked a lot about sports. I, I, I just we're going to kind of get toward the tail end of this, but some great mission experiences. Thanks. I mean, I feel like we've it's been it's been really really good. Uh, other things that you do, hobbies, pastimes besides sports, right? I mean, you're in Lakeshore, and I see some I see some you know I see some barn wood in your house yeah. and some. Some uh, you know lariats and some hats. Do you do that? Do you do that kind yep. of stuff too? Or yeah, so I did that. You know, growing up, we uh, rode horses. Um, living in Genola was super nice. We lived on the mountain, and so we were able to just go up the can or not the canyon because it wasn't really a canyon, <laughs> but up the trail and and ride on the mountain up there, which was super fun. We did that as a family quite often. Um, but just doing rodeo growing up was super fun. Super big part of my life and big part of my family's life. We, I mean, I, I grew up on a farm. We had a dairy farm when I was younger. Um, and then we kept the horses. We still have cows. And so just growing up on that farm helped me to work hard, um, helped me gain a lot of experiences that I needed. Um, and it was fun. We would ride horses all the time and it was just a fun activity that we did as a family. Um, and even in high school, I did high school rodeo for a year, uh, which was super fun. I did team roping and calf tying. So yeah, definitely sports is a huge part of my life, but definitely living in Lakeshore is nice with the community and the openness, um, being able to just take your horse and go on a ride. Absolutely. Let's talk about success. It's another word for winning. Yeah, right. Uh, what does what does success look like in your life? Like you look to your future, mm -hmm. like define success. What's really important to you? What do you want to win at? I guess maybe the... <laughs> I want to win at life. <laughs> um, I think I just want to win every just every single day. I want to win against myself. I want to be success to me um, looks like improvement, and so if you're improving every single day. Even if it's just, you know, that 1% that talk I was given in the last conference, improving yourself just by 1%, um, that's what success looks like. It doesn't matter where you start. It doesn't matter where you finish. As long as you are improving every single day, I mean, you're winning in life and you're winning um, and just improving every attribute that I have, whether it be physical um, you know, with sports or, you know, my mind with studying and like getting that knowledge that I need for life and for job or whatever else. 
um, just really improving every single day, I think. Awesome. I'm excited as, as, I, as we wrap up. I'm, just, I'm excited. You're going to have this for your kids. You have this digital file, your kid. This is family history, you know, and uh, how how amazing that that they're going to be able to hear their dad, right? <laughs> when he was 22. 21. 21. Yep. Uh, so thanks. Thanks for taking the time to, to oh, put thank this you. down. I want to close with, you know, we, we opened with the community and I want to close with this community that we love, Lakeshore. Uh, what's your What's your hope? What, what's if, if you if you could lay down? This is my hope for Lakeshore in the next, like the next decade. You know, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts? I think just keeping the love that this community has for for everyone, and keeping that um, that bond that we all have. We we are all family here, and I think as long as we can keep that in the next 10, 20 years. Lakeshore is just going to keep on thriving and it's just going to do good because love is what keeps us all going. Words from a sage, (laughs) Trey Orton. Appreciate you, man. Thank you. Thanks for being here. Of course. Wow. What a great episode. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to check out the next installment of Faith and Farmers, the Lakeshore Community Podcast. I'm your host and friend, Seth Mulder. Until next time, Keep up the good work.